Hey everyone, welcome to episode 17 of Student Radio Stories. This episode is an interview episode with Nels Hilton. Nels is a graduate of Student Radio and a freelancer that has worked for the likes of BBC Radio 2, BBC Radio Kent and Capital. Nels is also coming to the end of his time as the Deputy Events Officer for the Student Radio Association. Let's get into the interview and hear more from Nels. I'm here with Nels Hilton. So Nels, what are your current jobs and roles now in the radio industry? First of all, um, thank you for having me. Um, I really appreciate it. That's all right, yeah. Uh, my current roles in the radio world, I mean, it's a bit ambiguous considering, you know, COVID-19 and everything at the moment. But I best, the best way to say it is I'm a freelancer and um, I freelance for radio stations like BBC Radio 2. I also won a competition in February called BBC New Voices and I was due to start my um, own show on BBC Radio Kent but that's been paused for the time being. And I'm also an outgoing officer on the SRA committee as the deputy events officer. So yeah, that's what I do. Well done. That sounds like amazing stuff you've been doing to get yourself heard. Thank you. So what past experiences have you had of working in the radio industry? So I'd say my first um, experiences working in the radio industry, it's a good question. I'd probably say my first real experience of working in the actual radio industry was within, um, when I was at university, I started doing work at um, Capital South Coast. Um, So I would just go and help the breakfast show on a Thursday morning, just intern, make cups of teas, do a little bit of social media, call competition winners and, you know, bits and bobs like that to help, um, just to help the team out a little bit. I remember one day they didn't have a producer, so they let me do a bit of production bits and make the highlights package for the next day. So that was like my first real um, break in radio. That's what I did. How did you get into that? That's a pretty big role to be working from Capital from a young age. Yeah, I'd say, so how I got into it was um, I had a conversation with a man named Tom Deacon, who was presenting on um, Capital South Coast at the time. And when I had my conversation with him, I didn't go to him being like, hi, I'm Nels. I really want to, you know, get involved with radio. I just knew from like following him on Twitter that he was really into American football. And I was really into American football as well. So I just used that mutual kind of interest and just went up to him at at an SRA event and just said, hey, man, um, I know you're into American football, aren't you? And we just got talking about American football, about what teams we support. And then um, he invited me down to the studios and the rest is history. So after that, it just went really well the first day. And he was like, yeah, keep coming back. Um, We'd love to have you around. And I just kept going into the studios. That sounds like a good way to network by just appealing to what appeals to them. Absolutely. I think it's really important. And I think that's what a lot of people kind of forget when networking is they just go and talk to someone because they have a certain job. They're a human being too. They, they, they have interests, they have a life outside of their work. And that's really important to kind of talk to them about. Yeah. You both share a love for radio, but to find something else different. I think that must've been quite nice. Mm-hmm. So where did your interest in radio begin? 
I'd say my interest in radio began at a very young age. Um, I was always fascinated by the fact that music was coming out of this this box, you know, on the side, and it was in the cars and everything. But there were people talking between the tracks, and I, that always kind of interested me. I'd say my first real interest in radio started from about the age of five or six when um, Johnny Vaughan was presenting on Capital Radio um, doing the breakfast show. That was the first radio show I'd say I listened to religiously. Growing up in my parents' houses, they always listened to like LBC, Smooth and Magic. And whilst those are great radio stations, they weren't, you know, what a 10, 11 year old kid really wanted to listen to. So from that, I kind of just explored and um, I just explored listening to radio by myself I started listening to Radio One and Capital More and things like that but at the age of 14 that's when I got my first opportunity within radio and I um basically I started going to a drop-in session um at the Roundhouse called Roundhouse Radio Drop-In and that's when I first got my opportunity and started to produce and broadcast radio so yeah that's how that's how it started really so what made you want to join your university student radio station so i went to pure fm um which is portsmouth university student radio station by the time i was going to university i knew that i wanted to be in radio i knew that was what i wanted to do however i didn't really think about joining student radio like i really just wanted a place to just record my shows and send them back to London so I could continue doing my shows for Roundhouse Radio, which is now Transmission Roundhouse. As I started going and recording my shows a bit more, the other guys needed um, someone to help fill in on committee and they know that I had like experience in radio, so they gave me a shot. And then that's, that was like my first real involvement within student radio. And then I eventually, you know, um, rose up the committee and then became um, station manager for Portsmouth University, which we were branded to Victory Radio, but we won't really go into that um, at this moment in time. But um, yeah, so when I became station manager, the station was off air, so we had like a lot of time that we needed to spend in fixing that and trying to leave it in a good enough state for future. Um, for future station managers to be a part of and for future people to you know build their station on so yeah that was kind of our goal and yeah that's that's why I went to university in a nutshell. So I'm just wondering what sort of degree did you do was it related to radio or something completely different? It wasn't related to radio. I did an English literature degree. I've always been a big fan of reading and I got to one in that. Um, for me, the degree was kind of a safety net to see that if I didn't, you know, feel like I was making any progress with my chosen career, then I have something to fall back on and I could maybe go for a different career or a different career path. So that's why um, I did English literature. Oh, well done on your results and I think it's just always interesting to hear from some people how their degree is like sometimes their passion and then radio is a side thing or then they just get into radio and then radio becomes something that they enjoy and want to do instead of their degree. Mm -hmm. Yeah I mean 
it was always radio was always the plan A, but growing up I always thought, you know, you kind of have to be realistic about these things and sometimes, you know, you're not cut out for everything. So if it didn't work out, then I wanted to have like a solid fallout plan. And yeah, it seems to be working out okay so far. <laughs> so what were some of your highlights during your time in student radio? Again, really good question. Um I would say some of my highlights were in my first year doing the SRA chart show in Portsmouth with um, two of my friends, Lloyd Ashton and Jack McHugh. Like, it was just such a, like, that. that is one of the memories that I really hold dearly. Like, it was just so, such a fun day, like, just doing that because I'd never really presented with other people before. So doing something like that with them was just really fun. I'd also say my first SRA conference, which was in Norwich in my third year. I was the only one from my station that went, but I had such a good time. Um, in hindsight, I wish I'd gone the first two times because I really thought, like, I, I knew that I would have enjoyed it. Um, so, yeah, definitely conference. And I'd also say probably getting elected to the SRA committee at the end of my degree as well because I wasn't really sure what I was going to do after I'd finished university and that kind of gave me a opportunity to do something different that I'd never done before and continue you know gaining links and gaining um gain, gaining links and just gaining experience in the radio industry so you said like the SRA becoming part of that so what made you want to be part of the SRA committee? I'd say what made me want to become part of the SRA committee was that well first of all I needed something to do after I graduated so <laughs> that was definitely um, one of the reasons why I joined the SRA committee but um, despite that I'd seen like there was a lack of diversity in student radio across the board from when I went to Portsmouth continuing on throughout the SRA committee and that was something I wanted to help change and you know being a part of that committee and trying to educate them on social issues that are maybe bigger than them that's always trying like been a passion of mine so yeah just helping people know about different you know cultures and different people within radio like yeah. you know knowing that there's so many different types of people that do different things in radio like that's that's what I wanted to achieve and just the amount of different projects that they do, like working on things like awards and conferences, so, so fun. You know, I, um, I've had some of my best times working with people like Dan, who um, was the events officer last year. And um, like I've met some of my best friends through the SRA as well. So it's been something that I definitely recommend to a lot of people if they wanted to do it. But yeah, that, that's why I came involved in short. So what does your role involve as Deputy Events Officer for the SRA? My role kind of involves, like, we, I work closely with Thomas, who's a production officer, and Dan, who's the events officer. Between the three of us, we put on the events like the Student Radio Awards and the Student Radio Conference. Um, Dan kind of directs the shows, and whilst Thomas looks after the visuals, I'm more, I, I'm supposed to look after the logistics 
and stuff. So I look after like getting everyone from A to B, making sure all the scene plans are, you know, in order, making sure that everything's running as it should be and just making sure things run on time and stuff like that. So it's a lot of timekeeping and it's a lot of like organization. I'd say my role involves and I'd kind of leave the creative stuff to the other guys. But I'd say that role is evolving. And I think you'll see that with what the SRA has planned over the next couple of years with um, events and stuff. So, yeah, like I expect the role to change. But for the most part, when, when I was doing it, it was mainly logistics. So I understand that you're going to be coming to an end soon of being part of this role. Would you still like to be involved with the SRA in some way? So I'd say, yeah, I still am going to be involved in some respects with the SRA community. Like I said earlier, you know, increasing diversity within media has always been a big challenge of mine. And that's, that's one that I definitely want to complete. And I don't feel like I got to complete it as well as I would have liked to whilst I was on committee. So um, myself and Naomi, who you spoke to a few weeks ago, we're going to be working on a project to try and like increase representation within the media and kind of get the stories of those people out there. So yeah, I will kind of be involved, but not as an officer, but it's good to kind of like be in the fold and like help them with a project that is like really important to me. Yeah. So you sort of be behind the scenes, still promoting things. Absolutely. Yeah. What have been some of your highlights during your time working for the Student Radio Association? First thing that comes to mind is definitely conference in Swansea. I think that was a real success. Um, and considering like the obstacles and the challenges that we faced, I definitely feel like we did, you know, put on a really good show. I'd say awards last year. So that's, we're in 2020 now, so 2019 awards. No. 2018 awards sorry I'm getting my kids mixed up um yeah 2018 awards that was really fun um I'd say the Radio 1 Freshest tour that we did two years ago was really cool from this year as well I'd say you know helping out with SRA Music Day and this project as well that we're planning on doing um that will be a highlight even though I won't be a part of um the committee anymore but yeah that that will be really fun yeah, definitely. Like I was at the SRA con last year and I mean, that was my first conference, but I thought everything ran smoothly. Thank you. That's really good to hear. And I'm like, as you say, I'm glad to hear that you enjoyed yourself. So finally, what advice would you give to those currently in student radio wanting to work in the radio industry? I'd say I'd break it down to like a couple of things, two, maybe three things. The first one is, like I said earlier in the interview, don't always go to people wanting to talk to them about like just their job, like catch up with people. There's a human behind the role and like they have interest too. If you build a relationship with someone, they're more likely to think of you when an opportunity arises. So um, like getting to know people and not just, you know, talking to them for uh, like for a job is definitely the way to go. The second one is I'd say with the fields becoming ever more competitive, I would say try and get experience within the radio industry now, whether that be through a national station, whether that be through 
a local station or an indie production company there's multiple different ways to get involved with um radio like even no matter where you are in the country i'm sure you're based in the south because you're you go to the university of winchester don't you yeah yeah like definitely get in contact with places like bbc radio solon and see if you can help them on weekends it'd be a good way to get your first job in radio earn some money in radio and it gives you a foot in the door like that email and that pass is so helpful when you're trying to contact other people um in radio for further opportunities and the third piece of advice that i would give is just be consistent in whatever you're doing whether that's presenting or producing always be you know trying to update your skills try and learn new things if you're good with audacity then that's great learn reaper um if you're good with reaper then learn adobe audition like at some point you're gonna have i know people are like okay you have to pay for these things but at some point you're gonna have to use this equipment whether you when you get into um a role in the um radio industry yeah like myself I'm, i've been learning how to use final cut pro over lockdown um i've never video edited in my life but i've just been teaching myself because like that skill will last me my, the rest of my life if you're a presenter for instance like and you're a special presenter know your music know what you want to talk about know like your brand and be working on demos constantly i don't think people should be working on demos if they want to be a presenter like once every six months they should be putting them out minimum once every three months possibly even more than that like show people how bad you want it that's my advice well thank you Nels for being part of the podcast and talking to me about your time in radio anytime anytime thank you for having me Thank you, Nels, for talking to me for the podcast about your time in student radio and your roles in the radio industry. Stay tuned for more student radio stories to come. Bye, everyone.